but I kind of have to ask off the bat, what happened to Tony last night from those pictures? Oh, uh, <laughs> so um, he, it, it happened at the very end of the set and um, he was swinging his guitar like he always does. And then I think, I think when he went in to catch it and then like headbang with it, the, he like went a little too hard and the guitar caught into that, his eye. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so a piece of his eyebrow came off. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was funny because he was like, uh, I don't want to go. And uh, like off stage. He, yeah. Like the, the, the medic checked it. He's like, you'll probably need to get a couple stitches. Yeah. Our, T T our tour manager was like, should probably go to the hospital then. He's like, I don't want to go. And then I had to show him the pictures. Like, you should probably go. <laughs> like, like, what just, you look like right now, by the way. <laughs> what's that? He's like, this is what you look like right now, by the way. So maybe you should go to the hospital. Yeah. He was just like, wow, that looks cool. I was like, okay, Tony. All right. <laughs> like, yes, it looks cool. But also you need to go to the hospital, buddy. I'm sorry. Very rock I know we all hate hospitals. <laughs> yeah, we all hate hospitals, but but he we had he had to go so did yeah so that's up? what happened he just what's that did you end up going at the end of the night after the show um he him and our tour manager did uh everyone else stayed back but he he only he came he went in and out and then got back within like an hour so it wasn't that long as, that, okay. as, as he had thought yeah so yeah that's what happened he went too, a little too hard and hurt himself I saw your picture post this morning. I was like, I definitely have to ask him about that. There's a there's a story there. <laughs> yeah. Um, for one of the first big injuries like that, we had a guitar tech hurt his hand from one of the guitar tosses and Heim Heim bruised up his arm from swinging his bass last night too. So uh wow. it tends to happen. Yeah, yeah, it tends to happen. Comes with the territory, especially well, with guys like that, I figure. Yeah. Yeah, they go pretty hard. I didn't know how hard they went until first show. So, um, yeah, they go pretty hard. Well, that was actually one of the questions I had to ask you. How did you get introduced specifically to Pierce the Veil? Because I know you've worked with a lot of bands in the scene in the past from your bio and stuff like The Used and Atrio. But how specifically did you come across PTV and the guys with them? Um, I, I did a tour with them. Um, when I first started touring like six or seven years ago um and they were just super friendly and uh I stayed in touch with Big Sense for a little bit and then when I heard rumors about them coming back um I just texted them and I was like hey man I opened up my slot um from other bands right now and I'm looking around if you like yeah need me for anything I was, I was, I, I try to be very like, um, not obvious about it. Like I heard you guys are coming back. So I just, so I wanted to know if I, if you need me for anything, let me know. And then that's kind of how that happened. Uh, he just was like, yeah, I like your shit. I want you to come with us. And I was like, cool. That's yeah. awesome. I, I know how that goes. I try to do the same, <laughs> even for mine. I'm like, I always throw it out there as like, hey, you know, I know you don't know me. Even for you, I'm like, you're, I come across someone's work who seems interesting. I feel like it would make a good piece, a good conversation. Mm -hmm. But of course, you never know, you know, if someone's going to say yes or no. I feel like everything in this industry, no matter 
where you are in it, even if you're a roadie, it's a shot in the dark of getting to work with someone that you find like super interesting. But like you said, you kind of play it low key of like, hey, I'm available. I'm interested and just put it out there. See what comes back. Yeah, it's like it's like throwing the first DM on a date or something or for like a relationship. Like it's just like, hope, hope it works. Hope I shoot the shot. If it doesn't, I'll do something else. Like at this point, I was already working with the with the use. So yeah. I was just kind of like, um, uh, I wasn't really sure if I was staying with the use just because we hadn't started that tour yet. So I was just like looking around to see what job opportunities were out there for uh, my field. So, yeah. And it just happened. And a lot of situations like that keep, seem to happen with me. But um, yeah, it's weird. That's awesome. No, it's good. I feel like things are meant to work that way. It's kind of like you said, you know, you put yourself out there if you have the availability and then organically if things click and then you got to be a part of some huge moments because of it like when we were young fest mm -hmm. and that was definitely another question i had for you because i was one of the i saw your post the other day one of the two million plays on instagram that's congratulations first of all that's amazing to have that many plays for Thank a you. how um how was that whole experience like walk me through what it was like actually capturing it and being on stage with them for that for the first weekend um well after the first cancellation we were all pretty bummed and I had been planning to film them in a certain way that day since we started the tour because we knew that was going to happen. So like um, I had been trying. What's that? Like with Kellen, you mean? Like kind of get that whole. No. Oh, okay. Uh, we. I had a feeling we were going to have features and stuff, but none of that was confirmed. We wouldn't know until the day of. But it was okay. more like, okay, it's a big moment. This band, it's gonna, it's gonna be their second festival appearance since they've been back, um, and I was just thinking of like what would work well. And then when I did Blue Ridge, our first festival back, and I did the King for a Day one shot thing, that was more like a test because it worked. Yeah. It it worked for me when I was with the used. It worked for me for Treyu. It worked for me with Fever. And like no one really does that. Well, now they are, but like they weren't doing that. So. Um, when it came to that day, I was like, I think I need to aim to get this all in one shot. Like this song, this moment, um, not stopping, no cutting, no slow-mo, just like very in your face in the moment. So um, I, I already knew that I wanted to do that. I wanted them to jump. Uh, and then that day was like, uh, we knew Jeremy was coming. Yeah, No one got to we no one spoke to him other than um vic and then kellen texted him and was like hey man so i think we should uh i got like a couple suit jackets and a suitcase and i think we should like go out like that and that was kellen's idea and then vic was like a fucking course like yes and then they planned they planned that and then i just followed them off and then did the thing and tried not to trip over any wires or anything <laughs> it looked great i actually was even wondering if you had a steady cam or something for doing it because watching it it seemed really smooth um i had a gimbal so i have a i was using um a canon usr and a metabones uh, adapter and a sigma 14 to 24 and I, I, if you know anything about sigma lenses those things are like so heavy so I've so heard. heavy I, I have not personally yeah. held a camera with one, but I, I have heard from friends who do like music videos and stuff even out here in LA that that's kind of, it'll uh, make your muscles sore the next day is what I've been told. 
yeah the next day i definitely uh i definitely felt all my joints crack like my grandpa's like it just it was it was it hurt really bad but um workout in. <laughs> yeah i got i got my workout in i ran like a good couple miles that day it was good uh but yeah that's kind of how that when we were young went down and then uh yeah i guess this is funny but i kind of disassociated um i i knew what i was filming i knew where i was at but i kind of wasn't putting into scale of like what it actually was yeah um and then i think maybe three and a half minutes into filming there was a point where i'm slowing down a little bit so i like took my in-ears off and then i heard everyone all the thousands of people there and i was like oh that's right i'm filming this in front of like 50 60,000 people right now uh and then I get a little shaky for a second in the camera um but yeah uh it was cool I it took me until like the very end of the song to kind of realize what happened and then the next day after I was done editing it I was like okay cool this is that was sick (laughs) like it, it took me until later to realize what I did so or it's one of those things that it's such a big moment like you said when it's happening especially you weren't watching it necessarily as a fan out in the field you know you're recording it so you are like you're working too so I'm sure your brain was focused on okay I need to capture this and how am I moving like you said don't trip so your brain's going on all these different wavelengths and the next day you're like wait a minute I just I captured that that was huge that's incredible yeah yeah it was weird I and then I got bombarded by uh TikToks from friends um (laughs) of like my sweaty face on stage <laughs> holding this camera That's and I was cool. like oh my fucking god of course my the only, the time I put my face on TikTok it's through these guys and it's all my sweaty face That's sick <laughs> like, cool thanks but uh, yeah, yeah. Me. I captured it I was on the other end <laughs> it looked awesome no I was I was like thank you I was like more worried about how I looked I was like oh my god I look I look like I'm sweating a pool like oh god but yeah <laughs> It was funny though. It was fun. It was good time. I love uh, when we were young. It was dope. It felt like a good. It felt like a reunion. It was cool. It did. I I was part of the wind cancellation for the first weekend, so I mm-hmm. I wound up going home. And your video was one of the ones I saw the next day on Sunday, and I was just like equally and genuinely so happy for everyone who was there. But I was like, man, like I missed that, and I don't think that moment's <laughs> gonna come back. But then I. The universe wound up working out in my favor too, and I actually won a ticket for weekend two, so I did get to see it the second weekend. So I was that like, was okay, cool. about the story. I was there. It, it really genuinely felt like like a. I never went to Warp Tour. I missed out on that. So for me, it kind of felt like what everyone said Warp Tour was, but better because now it's been so much time and we appreciate it more because half these bands haven't toured, haven't made music, so that just felt so special, you know. It, it definitely felt like a warp tour experience except upscale to like Coachella. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Emocella. Uh, it was, yeah, Emocella. It's like, because <laughs> all every single one of those bands has been through the ringer tour, doing warp tour and stuff. About 90% of them um, had done it. So like the, the whole, both main stages were just full of bands that do their own headlining tours every year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, and all those bands were bands that did Warp Tour and and played it, well, except for Avril. I don't think Avril did, but like other than her, everyone had paid their dues doing Warp Tour, playing six shows a week type of shit. And then, totally. yeah, now, yeah. So then 
like when I was waking up and then I walked to go see Seosin and then waited 30 minutes and then saw like taking back Sunday and then Hawthorne Heights. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> like, it's is it? so weird. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I'm, like, uh, I'm walking. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. I, uh, I was just saying it, the the best part was like, I'm walking away from Seosin and then I walk past red jumpsuit apparatus playing face down. And then by the time I get to the trailer, I hear Hawthorne Heights go, this is Ohio is for lovers. And I was like, what, what? And then, and then I see like some of the used guys come up to me and then, um, you know, I'm with Pierce. So they were like hanging out. I'm like, this is such a weird thing going on right now. Like it, yeah, very nostalgic feeling. It was cool. It was very, a lot better than what people kept saying it was going to be. That's what I thought too. I, I didn't know what my, I didn't really have expectations, I think, going into it. It's hard to, right? Because that hadn't really happened before. But then I, well, again, part of the first cancellation, I was like, that's a bummer. Literally nobody's fault. It's a bummer. But then when I did get to go the second weekend, it's like, it was still better than what I had already heard from people experiencing on Sunday. Like it was just, like you said, everything happening so quickly. Like I caught story of the year first thing and everyone singing like anthem of our dying day. And they even said out to the crowd, they're like, we have never heard this many people sing it live back to us in our whole careers. And we've been doing this for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Like that, like that was my first set of the day. And that just set the tone. And it was just well, you know, like you said, back to back, like half hour sets, such a quick turnaround. But I was like, amazing experience, can't process. Amazing experience, can't process. I just like, yeah, to be like, okay, I saw, I think I caught 13 or 14 sets, most of which were full, almost all. But I was just, oh, happy, so happy. Glad that was a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, same. And um, it felt like that festival, I mean, it felt like War for, but I think in this, the, the bigger, sense with like it felt like it had already been there like it didn't feel like it just came up it felt like that festival's been around for a while it, it, it just probably came in different formats but it was so well organized um there were some minor things that like crew and i would have issues with um but they're so small that like they're easily fixable for next year so and they yeah. already have next year planned so um yeah um it was good it was a good festival on that note, how did you start to get into all of this? Like, what was your first foray into concert photography or was photography the first thing you did? Um, I did I, I did film photography for like a year in high school. And then um, to be completely honest, the program I was in wasn't necessarily for arts. So my teacher, I wanted to do advanced photography and he told me no, so I quit, so I quit for a while. Okay. And then I started a band, then I started a band, and then we started opening for, for certain some bands, and then I was taking photos for fun. One day, one of them was like, can I give you like 50 bucks to like shoot our set? And I was like, and make money? Whoa. And then uh, after that, I just kept doing shoots for people for fun. Um, and then I landed my first tour um, with a band called Hundredth. Uh, um, and then after I was still shooting for like local magazines and stuff. And then one of these, uh, shows got me into like the dressing room of one of the bands. And then we partied and hung out and then they took me out on tour. And then 
uh, led me up to here. Like I straight up got too drunk, stumbled in someone else's dressing room. Um, and we became friends. And then after they saw my work, they're like, we should hang and take photos together more yeah. often. And then that's how it happened. That's awesome. That was six years ago. Yeah. I was going to ask yeah, how long you've been doing it to them. So six years, that's, I feel like how so much of this kind of thing happens. Like you kind of just put the work out there, like you said, for free at first, maybe even just as a hobby. And then if you do enough and it's good enough, someone pays you for it. And then it gets to the point where you just meet the right person, right place, right time. But then you are, you do have the work to back it up too. Like you said, you were at the point where someone could look at your portfolio and be like, oh, wow, this is, this is good. You know what you're doing. Like, let's continue. And it just takes off. So that's cool. I'm glad to hear that. It seems like you're happy with what you're yeah. doing. Oh, I'm, I'm really happy. I was doing so many different, uh, quote unquote, like sales and marketing jobs before. Yeah. And I was in college and, uh, yeah, it just kind of felt like all at a loss until I started picking up my camera for work more. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I need to work a day job really. Like I can just keep doing this. I'll just make mediocre money doing this for a while instead of yeah. um, working 40 hours a week doing something I hated. So Well, sure. Um, and the, the happiness yeah. outweighs it tenfold, even if you're making less money. Yeah, 100%. I'm sorry, by the way, if you heard like tapping. My, I have a cat and he's trying to... He's trying to open my closet door. I am so sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. okay I was like, I'm a cat at home too. Like, I was like snapping at him. I don't know why. Okay, so you have a cat too. Does your cat ever, it seems to be specifically when I'm on calls of any kind, like when I'm just on the phone in general, he like seems to get annoyed that I'm talking but not interacting with him. And he's like confused no one else is in here. Is your cat like that? Um, whenever I'm sitting at my computer and playing guitar or like watching or listening to a podcast for too long, she'll like go up to my chair and like look at me like what the hell are you doing like yes. can you stop <laughs> like, like and I'm here why are you paying attention to me and it's like dude please I'm trying to do like I'll even be in work meetings sometimes and I'm like please stop <laughs> like anyway yeah um I was gonna ask oh yeah I was looking at your portfolio your music video history is also really impressive and extensive so what would be a particular project that you're really proud of or something that was just really fun and stands out for you when you look back on it um i still think of the guerrilla warfare music video i did um for uh what's it called the title of the song it was the horror one where they're in like a in a in a cabin in the woods oh yeah yeah um, yeah i've seen it yeah because that took a crew of me um assistant photo and, and gaffer makeup artist um at one two actors and then the band so like nine people um but and for the most part i organized it all on my own um writing the scripts um doing the storyboarding um as getting the inspo so the makeup artist knew what they were doing um getting the actors so like i'm really proud of that because i worked with all my friends and I felt like we made a music video that's not a music video like uh and I was really happy that like with a very very small budget I didn't make any money off that like I think they paid the band paid up money I used it all to like make sure the music video happened I didn't make any money from it I even like yeah uh 
but I was really stoked with the final result and like going that way, trying to do a music video. Cause my favorite kind of music videos don't really look like music videos. So I agree. The ones that are more like mini movies, I think are even just as the viewer, they're more yeah. engaging and entertaining than just someone singing something live, but lip synced, you know? Exactly. So I've, I've always found those kind of stories more entertaining than like, um, just a band playing in a blank white room with neon yes. lights or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's almost always. No offense to any of those bands that do that. But uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm all, I've seen it too many times. I want to see something cooler. So. Sure. Yeah. You want to like, especially if you're the one creating music video, have a little bit more input with creativity too, because you want to create something you're more proud of and something that stands out. And hopefully you get some credit as well, which you do. It's in your portfolio. So it makes sense that you don't just want to make something cookie cutter you know yeah and I'm, I'm thankful that those guys let me do that because we could have just did a normal music video um and they probably would have got more views but uh they let me do that because they knew that I wanted to just make something different and they wanted to too so I appreciated them for that they're a really good band um good group of guys too it's nice it's nice to be trusted with your your own creative vision in the process too I'm sure Oh yeah, it feels good. Um, because as an artist, I'm, or as a person in general, I'm really anxious. So like when I get getting affirmation from like those those people, I appreciate it a lot. So absolutely, it goes a long way. Um, and that what led me to want to ask you as well with the documentaries that you've done. Like, how did that come about? I think you're one of you're a very young photographer to have documentaries under your belt is more where I was going with that question so how did that start for you um I kind of just took the concept of those tour vlogs and stuff and made it feel a little bit more um classic I just like uh I like watching like the Lamb of God behind the scenes DVD or like the Bench Sevenfold DVD or the Lincoln Park DVDs like I like watching those and I was like those were sick and it wasn't like, um, but this was also a, a different time because um, you couldn't have social media consume bits and bits and pieces of everything. Yeah. Um, you had to wait till the DVD came out and consumed it all as a whole. So I just kind of took that and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't posting a tour diary vlog every couple of days. Um, I'd rather like spend two, three weeks getting footage to try to tell a story for that time period and then post it out. And then, yeah, I wanted to make sure I was collecting enough pieces that I was proud of, a love scene that I was proud of, and then put it together into something that can be, di that can be digested as a whole rather than like tidbits, which probably negates everything that people are looking for right now. But that's just kind of like what I like. I like documentaries that run that way. So um, uh, yeah, that's kind of how that started. And Fever was one of the first people that trusted me with that. Um, so they let me run it. And that was kind of like what Jason's idea was for them too. Like they wanted them to be an elevated, quote unquote, elevated band without sounding pretentious. They wanted to be like a, um, uh, a sought after like thing. So they don't put content every couple days or every day. It's more like we tour for a couple of weeks and then we post something that does the most impact. And then we wait, let people digest it, breathe, build up anticipation, and then post again. So that's kind of where that started developing the 
so that's why I call them documentaries because I'm documenting everything they're doing and then put, put, putting it in line with the story or narrative for the band. Well, it's true. And it's like you said, you know, rather than doing Instagram stories, you know, little snippets here and there, you are creating a fuller picture for something. Would you ever want to do like in the future of your career, a full length documentary, something that's like one to two hours for a band? Could you ever see that for yourself? Yeah, I, I have been talking about that with a couple bands like Atreyu was doing that for a second and I was helping with that and then we had to toss it and then I was doing something like that for fever and then we had to toss it uh hmm. and then um I was collecting stuff for the used and then we ended up just doing a fuck you use music video instead um yeah. with it and then and I felt like that probably was the best way to encompass that um especially with my time with them so um yeah that's something I really want to do like I collect so I archive so much footage I don't get to use. I would love to just sit down, edit as long as I can for like two years and then put together a whole story for, for like an album. So let's say, um, let's say Fever is releasing an album. This I don't know. That's why I'm hyped, like just making up a sure. scenario. But like if they release an album next year and maybe their manager like, oh, this is going to be the Grammy one. Like you're going to win a Grammy for this one well, maybe I should start developing the growth of like the last two years I was working with them, what happened in those two years, create that narrative out and then edit it and tell. And then when the album drops, we can tease the documentary. And then by the time I'm done with it, two months after the release or something, we'll release then. Um, so it's something I've talked about before. It's something I'd like to do for an artist. I feel like it takes a long time though. Um, like and you, it, you have to have a good relationship yeah yeah you have to have a good relationship with them too um because you could be filming something for months and still not know what you're filming and then um and then once you like get a goal or seek out a the narrative or i guess the one-liner for the documentary then you can start building your story and sit and look back at what you got and see if you were capturing that story like you thought you were so um yeah, I'd love to do it one day. It just takes, it's a long time and a lot of resources and effort to like make that happen. But it, and it depends on the band too. So yeah, would love to though. I would love to. I hope to see that for you one day. I'm going to look out for it. Thank you. I hope one day, one day. Nice. I'd love to do it for like Slipknot or something, but I don't know if that'll happen. I'm just throwing that out in the air. So. I, I do that too. I'm like, even just throwing it in the universe, you never know. I mean, sometimes these things take years, but even something like we were just talking about earlier, like when we were young fest, how it was basically warped to a reimagined, but better. Like you could have told us that was going to happen 10 years ago. None of us, not even the bands would have believed you, but like, no, it's, it's done. That's over. So I just feel like there's, there's a lot yeah. of possibilities out there and you just keep working towards it. So um, for sure. what would you say is, a highlight for yourself from your career so far something that you're really proud of it could be anything um still probably working for slipknot one time was cool as fuck because i love that band uh that Are was the first cd i bought when i was a kid yeah oh, I'm okay. a big fan. <laughs> yeah uh unfortunately but i am a big fan no matter what so like um getting to work with them once for a festival was really cool um getting hazed by clown during this during the set was pretty funny and scary 
but like I was like kind of happy that happened I was like oh my god uh yeah that was a that was a big moment um for sure I love that band a lot so um and that was one of the first bands I said I'd work for at some point when I was younger so I got to do it once so that was cool I can die happy you know that's awesome that manifestation just coming forward even right then and there like you you never know what's possible and that makes me happy for you because I love to see when someone especially if you're a particular fan a fan of a particular band I'm sorry it's the end of the day a fan of a particular band and you can actually work with them I mean that's just unforgettable so I'm I'm happy that you had that experience thank you that's really sweet of you thank you yeah of course um and I I apologize I got a thing from zoom that says we have nine minutes left but that should be fine I only have one other question and then if there's anything else you want to say so that wraps it up easily for us here too um okay okay my other question this was my last one if there's any advice you would give to someone starting out in concert photography what would you tell them um I would say keep doing it just keep shooting even outside of concert photography, I'll just shoot other stuff too. Yeah. Um, especially nowadays, I'll just do it in one and try to do it in another sentence. Um, shoot as much or capture as many photos as you can in music or and outside of music, and be persistent um, in a respectful way to put your name out there um, and reach yeah. out to the right people. Yeah um i get i i've been getting some dms here and they're asking to shoot peers and like uh not me you can't ask me <laughs> like i can't get stuff to you like i'll hit the publicist up like get a contact through management even if they say no if they like your portfolio they're kind of write your name down so yeah. then when you reach out again and they say yes they're like or they they can say yes they're like oh well they reached out before let's let them choose this time you know so um those are the two things in under two sentences I said one sentence but I lied uh under two sentences don't worry I I will edit it all that's why like I said you don't have to worry about how it comes across in here or if, if either of us stumble when we speak because I won't share this with anyone this is just for us to chat and then I, I transcribe it all raw first and then I go through and I edit it usually two to three times to really one tighten it up but two to make it sound more to the point so I'll kind of, I'll, I'll fix things around. Um, and I can always send it to you too, before I post it, if you'd like, I'm more than happy to do that. So you can see how things sound, or if you want me to remove something or change something, I'm happy to do that as well. I can send it to your email. Yeah, I'd like that. I'd like to read it beforehand, just, just in case I said anything that was like <laughs> I would too. a little off or it sounds weird. Yeah. Or sounds <laughs> weird. Yeah. Where are you? Um, I guess just kind of like off off the record or regular chat for a second. Where are you based? Like, where do you live full time? Um, I live in Kentucky right now. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was I was raised I was raised in Kentucky. Um, I'm moving to LA in January. Very yeah. cool. Okay. Hey. Well, friend out here, if you want to say hi. Oh, sick. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll be moving there in January. Um, I meant to move last year, but. Uh, I started touring again, so I there was like no point for me to leave yet. So sure. um, we'll have some downtime in January. So I'm gonna move. That's exciting. Well, congratulations on your upcoming Thank you. to LA. Yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked. Um, is there anything else you would like to say, include, or talk about? Because the piece is all about you. Anything you want to showcase? And oh, and don't forget send me photos, but there's no rush on that whenever you go through and pick something. Oh. 
Oh, I sent that already. Let me just do that right now. Oh, you're good. Um, I have a question for you, actually. Um, personal. Yeah, well, sure. it's not personal. It's a question from my own personal side of things. You said like the publicist, and I'm yeah. still I'm still getting into this world. So I'm freelancing as well. I guess in the way that you do for photography, I'm doing for like mm -hmm. writing, and I've been like you know networking and interviewing people here and there and writing things up, but. Tour publicists, would you say that they work more like with on the management side of things or is it someone that like a band themselves would be like, oh no, like Stephanie or Anthony, like you're going to be the publicist for this band. Like, how does that kind of work? Um, they work, if I understand correctly, for like my band in particular, they work with management. So oh. like the manager will see something or like the publicist will be like, hey, I think these are some good ideas to like put some outreach out and then the manager can the manager and the artist can be like no or yeah so they work more closely with uh management but if the band the band can totally like be override whatever the manager says and be like oh no i kind of like one of course yeah yeah so um yeah as far as reaching out goes manager or publicist is usually the best route um publicists are more willing to look through stuff managers unless they know you um they'll read it um but yeah publicists are probably the better way to go i i when i first started i didn't know the difference to be honest so i emailed both how do you even find them like i actually i worked in the music industry but on the legal side of things for a while out here so i was like i was at a law firm and working more with like publishers and record labels but very rarely management so even for me it's like a little bit of a gray area um, they probably took a lot of it down, but when I first started, I was going on their websites and Facebook okay. and business profiles, like outside of like their social media. So if you, this is like a fake, a fake one, but like, let's say fever is, is managed by, um, is managed by flies out, mm -hmm. um, real band, real booking agent. They're not, they don't work together. I would, and then you would, uh, yeah, contact fly south uh, or go to fly south page and see artists they manage and then you can probably find like uh the, the direct contact info for that artist because they have to have those websites up for like brands and stuff too so that's how i found some of them and some of them are like fake ones no, not sorry not fake emails but like uh, cover emails or um sometimes they don't include it at all yeah but that's usually how I was finding them before, like through their Facebooks, um, Facebook business profiles, not like the social media front, but like whoever manages them. And then um, uh, the, the management and publicists or promotional prom uh, or promo people's like websites. That's how I would find them. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm still kind of like learn learning my foray into all of this too, as I go, like I'm going to like concerts and fests and just doing it for fun because I genuinely enjoy and I've been a writer forever I mean I'm a writer for a living but kind of like you were doing the yeah. photography it's like I do copywriting marketing writing I have my I do have my own freelance business but then what I really love is music so I'm trying to build enough of a portfolio to make something out of it the same way you did essentially you know down the line but so thank you for even taking the time I, I figure it's like there are so many even just as a fan myself, I'm like there's so many interesting stories and creatives in the scene beyond just the artists. And 
all of these amazing photos and videos I saw coming out of One Rare Young Fest, yours being one of them. I was like, I want to know that person's story. Like, how did you get there? How did you get on that stage? And how long have you been doing this? And how long have you been a fan? Because I feel like there are people out there who want to know how you got to the point that you're at. I'm sure there's plenty of aspirational, you know, photographers as well. And that's what I, what I hope your piece will help connect for those people out there. I hope so too. Cause I, I was definitely like keeping up with the photographers I liked and seeing what they were doing. Yeah. And uh, even if they weren't doing podcasts or interviews or anything like that, I kind of just like looked at what they're doing and then try to see how I can, yeah, how I can get there too. Um, yeah it took a lot of no's I, I I remember in college like half of my class was spent building emails and sending them out and then I would get one one yes for like two weeks worth of emailing you know so um yeah so it took a lot of that but there'll be a lot of no's for for a long time but it's always like one or two yeses that change everything so that's true that's the perfect note to end on actually I think I'm going to include that so thank you for uh, yeah. your time and everything today. You were really lovely to talk to. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I didn't think anyone wanted to talk to me. So of I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Appreciate you looking out for uh, people like us um, and wanting to put their stories out. I appreciate that.